Welcome to the Old Time Radio Superman Show from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, adam at adamsweb.us. Also, be sure and rate the show on iTunes. I also want to encourage you, if you're not already, pick up the Powerhouse Heroic Adventures Bundle. It collects my first three superhero comedy novels, Tales of the Dim Night, Fly Another Day, and Powerhouse Hard Press from Petty criminals, a battle with a mad etiquette blogger for the face of the earth. It, there's a little bit of everything in the Heroic Adventures bundle. Uh, it's available as an ebook uh, through the Kindle, Nook, or iBook store. And it's also available as an audiobook through audible.com or uh, through uh, the iTunes store. Well, now we begin a brand new Superman series. And I use that word as loosely as possible, given it's from 1947. But at any rate, from April 28th of 1947, it's The Phantom of the Sea, Part 1. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Pep, the Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent is worried that Lois Lane and Horatio Horn are walking into danger. And well, he might be, as we learn in a moment. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, have you taken stock lately of your collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep? Have you counted up to see how near you are to collecting all 18 buttons in the series? Well, say, here's a tip. It might be a pretty good idea to round off your whole collection this week, because next Monday, I'm going to have something new and exciting to talk to you about, something terrific. So get busy, gang. Check up on your duplicates, you know, and see if you have any to swap, and count up all the different characters that you've collected. Now, they're 18 and all, you know, old uh, funny paper favorites like Pat Patton and, and Tess Trueheart and Chief Brandon, Vitamin Flintheart and Judy and Corky, and Superman, of course. And if you're still missing a comic button or two, you better remind Mom right now to get you some more Kellogg's Pep. Now, you don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. All you do is to look for your prize every time you open a new package of Kellogg's Pep. And look for some mighty delicious eating, too, because Pep is loaded with that catchy sunshine flavor. Pep is called the Sunshine Cereal, and it's mighty good for you with its sunshine vitamin D and energy vitamin B1 added to good whole wheat flakes. So get your good eating and exciting prizes from P.E.P., the Sunshine Cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Clark Kent finished his assignment to write a feature story on Superman's most unusual adventure. He found Perry White in a raging temper, furious at Lois Lane. Finally calmed down, the gray-haired editor of the Daily Planet told Kent the reason for his outburst was Lois's deliberate disregard for orders. That, flaunting his authority, Lois had gone off with Horatio Horn, an eccentric Daily Planet correspondent, to track down what Horn insisted were mysterious goings-on at the North Fishing Banks in Canada. While White was telling this to Kent, a telegram arrived from Lois saying that she was now convinced that Horatio Horn had found a lead for a hot story and ominously concluded with... If you don't hear from me in 24 hours, I suggest that you contact Superman. Superman. 
For a moment, Perry White stared at the telegram in his hand. Then, like an overloaded steam boiler, he exploded, accusing Lois of trying to be smart-alecky. But Kent disagreed. Obviously worried, he said... No, Chief, I don't think Lois meant this to be smart-alecky at all. No, no? Well, what do you think she meant? I think she's completely serious. Oh, rubbish. Well, what makes you so sure you're right? Why can't you believe she and Horatio Horn really did run into a hot story? Because I know that crackpot Horn well enough by this time not to fall for his hot leads. Chief, that doesn't mean that What this can time... you expect from a scatterbrain who's a part-time telegrapher, part-time justice of the peace, part-time amateur detective, and, uh, and what have you? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't overlook the fact that Horn did come up with one of the biggest scoops we ever ran. Oh, so he was lucky once. Does that make him a Walter Winchell? No, but he could be right again. Yes, he could be, but I say he isn't. All right, don't let's jump to conclusions. Now tell me more about the story he and Lois are chasing down. I've already told you all I know. All you told me was that Horatio Horn came to see... Horatio F. Horn, if you please. F. For fish story. Wait a minute, let's forget for a moment your personal feelings about Horn. Just tell me what he said. Well, he came dashing in to see me with a mad gleam in his eye and a high temperature. All steamed up over what he thinks is a mystery up on the Canadian fishing banks. How or where did he get the lead? Well, that is what really killed me. Why? It seems that a very wealthy character who, for some unknown reason, chooses to live in Screen Run, has for many years been getting a regular weekly shipment of a certain rare fish that he relishes for his breakfast. Yes? Well, as part-time telegrapher, Horn found out the shipments had suddenly stopped when this, this fish eater began sending wires to Canada asking for reasons why. So? So, from the returning wires, Horn learned that the reason the shipments had ceased was that the fishing fleet had stopped making their runs. And that's what got him all hot and bothered. There must be more to it than that. Oh, sure. And I'll tell you what it is. The fishermen are on strike, or the fish aren't running, or the weather's bad, or any one of a dozen perfectly logical reasons. Mystery. (laughs) Well, the only mystery is how a crackpot like Horatio Horn is in a padded cell. I'm sorry, Chief, but I don't go along with you. Granted that Horn isn't any great shakes of a reporter, Lois is. And she wouldn't send a wire like that because of a strike or a storm. I know it. Uh, How do you know it? Do you uh, read tea leaves or do you look into a crystal ball? For one thing, we'd have had a report of a strike. For another thing... Yes? Oh, I I, I don't know. I just got a funny feeling, Chief. Call it a hunch, if you like. Oh, here we go again. I'd feel a lot easier if I were with Lois right now. Is that so? Yes. Matter of fact, I think I'll zip up... You'll do nothing of the kind. Oh, now, look, Chief. You heard me. But, Chief... You stay right where you are. Don't you set foot out of this office without my okay, or so help me, Hannah, uh, you're through. You understand? Well, okay, Chief. You win. For now. But I can't promise to make this arrangement definite. Meanwhile, in San Selmo, a fishing village on the North Atlantic coast of Canada, Lois Lane is seated at a bare wooden table in a shadowy corner of a smoke-filled fisherman's tavern. With her is Horatio F. Horn, eccentric Daily Planet correspondent and amateur detective. Obviously nervous, Lois's fingers drum on the tabletop, and her eyes keep glancing at the door each time it opens to admit another patron. What time is it now, Horatio? Uh, let me see. Uh, it's, uh, yes, it's just a quarter past eight. Uh, yes, uh, then he's 15 minutes late, isn't he? Yes, Miss Lane. He promised to meet us here at 8 p.m., so that makes him precisely... Yes, I know, I know. I've already said it. Look, this is the Blue Anchor, isn't it? Of course it is. I made quite certain of that before we entered. And he he did say the Blue Anchor, didn't he? Indeed he did, Miss Lane. Matter of fact, I have it written down right here in my little notebook. See? 
There it is, written very plainly. Uh, never mind, Horatio, I believe you. Uh, good idea not to trust one's memory, you know. I uh, learned that from my correspondence course in detecting the International Detective Institute course. You see, the human mind, like other human oh, organs... please, Horatio, some other time. Uh, very well, I just thought I'd give you the benefit of my experience and knowledge. I'm sorry. Forgive me if I seem rude, but... Frankly, I, I, I'm upset. Upset? About what? Well... I don't like what's going on in this town. It gives me the creeps. And so does this place. What's more, Horatio, I'm afraid our man isn't going to show up. Oh, I can hardly believe that, Miss Lane. In view of his delighted reaction to your offer of $100 for his services, uh, let's wait just a while longer. Well, all right. But I can't stand the foul, smoky air in this place. Let's wait for him outside, shall we? Come on. <laughs> Feel better now, Miss Lane? Oh, much. Another five minutes in there and I'd have passed out. Oh. Uh, would, uh, would you like to borrow my coat? No, no, thank you. I'm not chilly. I'm just... Creepy. Creepy? Uh-huh. This, this fog and this mournful clanging of those bellboys and... Well, uh, the whole atmosphere of this village just oppresses me and makes Wait, me... Miss Lane. I think What's that... the matter? Yes, it is... It's him. Thank heaven. Uh, good evening, Mr. Barnaby. Evening. we just about given you up. <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, uh, we'd arrived at the conclusion that uh, you decided not to go through with our bargain. Yeah, right, mister. I ain't going to do it. No, look You're here. not serious, Mr. Barnaby. Yes, ma'am. But... I ain't moving offshore. But you agreed to... Wait a minute. Why have you changed your mind, Mr. Barnaby? Yes, by Gulliver, why? For the same reason that no other man in his right senses has put out to sea from the shore for more than two weeks. Will you please tell us what in heaven's name is going on here? What's keeping the fishermen ashore? Something out there in the ocean. That's what everyone keeps saying. Something out there in the ocean. Can't you be more explicit? Yes, just what is out there? Well, I... I can't tell you. What? Except it... Well, it's like nothing human eyes has ever seen before. Half shrouded in the gathering fog, Lois Lane looks up into the fear-drawn face of the weather-beaten fisherman. But before she can speak, he has turned on his heel and vanished into the darkness. We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode in this new adventure of Superman. So keep listening. Say, gang, about those comic buttons you're all collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pet, it's about time now that you're getting all 18 characters in the series. Lots of kids have them all, and lots more only need, uh, well, you know, one or two buttons to round out the set. So don't you get left behind. Hop to it and finish off your collection, because next week I'm going to have something new to tell you, something that'll, well, make a real hit with you. Of course, you don't want to miss out on a single one of these snappy pep comic buttons. You want Brenda Starr and, and Cindy and, and Vitamin Flintheart and Superman and all the rest. They're all so doggone smart-looking and bright-colored. They're such fun to collect, and they're so easy to get. Sure, you don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But there's one of these exciting prizes in every package of Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal, the crisp, tender whole wheat flakes with that catchy sunshine flavor. Makes mighty good eating. So crisp and fresh and toasty. Why, you want to pitch right in and eat hearty. And that's always a good idea at breakfast time. Yes, sir. Kellogg's Pep is mighty good for you. Mom knows that. So remind her to get plenty of P-E-P. The sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. 
As we continue now, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, temporarily blocked in their efforts to uncover the mystery that hangs like a dark, fearful cloud over the Canadian fishing village of San Selmo, have just begun to walk dejectedly back toward their hotel. Suddenly, they are startled by a burly figure that slips silently out of a narrow alley between two buildings. Evening, folks. Oh, great Lucifer. Sorry to make you heave too so sudden like. Oh, oh that, well, that, that's all right. Marble's my name. Captain Jonathan Marble. How do you do? I heard you talking to Barnaby. Oh? I gathered he backwatered on a deal to take you offshore in his boat. That's right. And uh, what, may I ask, is that to you, sir? Do you really want to go out there and see what's keeping the fishing fleet tied up at the docks? Yes, by Gulliver, we certainly do. Would, would you take us out? Aye, that I will. For $200 in advance. 200 Captain Marble, you've got a deal. Hold on. Before you set foot aboard my boat, it's only fitting that I warn you. You may never come back to shore alive. Well, why do you say that? Look, if going offshore is so dangerous, why are you so willing to take the chance? My reasons, ma'am, is private. Do you or don't you want to go? No. No, I say we better wait. We're not waiting for anything. Captain, where's your boat and how soon can we shove off? He's tied up at the foot of this street. Good. I can be ready to sail ten minutes after we get aboard. But remember my warning. Because once we get underway, I ain't turning back. I understand. Let's go. Unwilling to be frightened by Captain Marble's ominous warning, Lois Lane takes Horatio Horn's arm and follows the burly fisherman down the dark street. What will happen? Will Lois and Horatio Horn learn what has tied up the North Bank's fishing fleet? And if they do, at what cost to themselves? All we can tell you now is that Superman is soon forced into action. So don't miss a single episode in this new and thrilling Superman adventure, The Phantom of the Sea. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Say, gang, here's an easy question. What's the snap, crackle, and pop cereal? Why, Kellogg's Rice Krispies, of course. The only cereal so crisp it goes snap, crackle, and pop in milk. Whenever you see those famous little elves, snap, crackle, and pop in the cartoons or on the Rice Krispies package, you think of how crisp these golden bubbles of oven-popped rice can be. And when you hear their song of crispiness in your cereal bowl, you know that you're in for some good eating. Yes, sir, it's the one and only Snap, Crackle, and Pop cereal, Kellogg's Rice Krispies. And be sure to be with us tomorrow for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.